0: Yes, Montal here, and thanks for tuning in again to Let's Be Blunt with Montel, where we try to bring you as much information as we can to help you navigate the space when it comes to cannabis and hemp, especially in a marketplace that's not doing, I think, enough to educate, but give you the information you need to make good and proper choices for you and your family who may be thinking about, you know, seeking out some lifestyle changes by using cannabis to help you with whatever your needs are. And today, we are so excited to have a guest who is literally an industry leader. Uh, and I say that without any hesitation, as she has done so much for the industry so far and is continuing to do so. We're joined by the CEO and lead consultant for CannaKids, a California corporation that specializes in the creation of lab-tested, scientists-extracted cannabis oils. And she became an advocate because of her own family's journey with her daughter, who's an infant daughter, Sophie, who was diagnosed with a brain tumor back in 2013. Tracy started the nonprofit Saving Sophie's, SavingSophie.org to help other families seek education and treatment options for their loved ones. And her family story was recently you know, featured in a close friend of mine, Ricky Lake's uh, uh, Weed the People documentary and who am i talking about I'm talking about the one and only Tracy Evans thank you so much Tracy, Tracy I said Evans Tracy Ryan where'd I get Evans from Tracy Ryan thanks so much for being here today
1: thank you so much for having me it's really good to see you again
0: it's good to see you again. it's been a while too right it yeah. has I think yeah. it was
1: Baltimore Cannabis Science Conference. Yeah, uh,
0: about a year and a half ago.
1: Yeah. Was, yeah, about a year and a half ago, I think. Oh, well, it's kind of insane. I know, that, time flies it, it does. so it's fast. It's Especially crazy. Especially when you're having fun. Especially when you're having fun, which we have a lot of. <laughs> Absolutely. You know,
0: what one of the things I really want to do is I think I want to, want to slow down a little bit. I call you industry leader, but I want you to to explain to people your journey with cannabis and really what started it. Were you a cannabis aficionado before your
1: daughter's issues? I I was an aficionado, but I absolutely had used cannabis. Mm -hmm. I didn't, I wouldn't say that I used it medically. I used it more recreationally. And you
0: weren't thinking about it as a
1: medical. No, not at all. Absolutely not. And I wasn't using it. So when I started dating my husband, he was super anti any kind of drug whatsoever. Mm -hmm. I mean, he would drink a little bit of alcohol, but he thought cannabis was a gateway drug. So I stopped smoking. Cannabis. When I met my husband because he was so square, (laughs) (laughs) which is pretty funny considering (laughs) how much he consumes now every day. And we were those parents that when we were originally told about this plant, we're just like, this is ridiculous. There's no way we're going to use medical cannabis or the time I was just calling it weed like everybody Mm -hmm. else on a nine-month-old baby. And
0: let's back up because shock of the life, right? You give birth and you're Mm -hmm. moving along. Your daughter's growing and next thing you know you get a diet what what actually sent you to the doctors to question what was going on with her
1: her left eyeball started shaking which is called nystagmus nystagmus, yeah so we ended up taking her in. it was everything happened in five days Wow. so we took her in to see her pediatrician on monday by tuesday she was seeing an ophthalmologist this this was a new mom so she had one of those weird kind of mommy intuition feelings and she sent her to a neurologist which we got in to see on thursday and this this um ophthalmologist they they kind of brushed it off they said no it's not a big deal come back in a few months and
0: i can tell you why they do so because again you know nystagmus doesn't necessarily mean tumor i will tell you absolutely 100 percent. you know just mean brain uh, development well uh, open i had because i do have ms Mm -hmm. i went through about a three month period of time I had nystagmus in both eyes. Really? And doctors couldn't explain This is before I was even diagnosed with MS. Doctors wow. could not explain why. I went through CAT scans, went through MRIs. There was no tumor. Nobody could figure it out. And yeah. you know, just as quickly as it came on, it left. And if, for those of you who are trying to figure out what are we talking about when we say nystagmus, shaking of the eye, mm-hmm. there was an old comedian, a comedian- uh, marty feldman mm-hmm. i don't know if people remember marty feldman think back in your begging some of you are too young to know <laughs> look him up go ahead and google him. marty feldman used to uh, part of his career was made off of the fact that he had nystagmus he
1: had shaky and, eyes oh
0: my goodness his eyes his <laughs> eyes would shake when you and, and what does it mean it's like if you look into a person who has nystagmus or going through about of nystagmus their pupils are shaking. Yeah, they, they go shake. back and forth. They can go right and left. They can go up and down. They side can rise, actually yeah. spin around mm-hmm. and yep. be spinning, and they just don't stop. Yep. Now, if you're on the other side of that, uh-huh. actually looking through a set of eyeballs that are doing that, it's one of the things that will drive you the crap. I, mean, I went through a three-month bout with this diagnosis. Um Back early on in my diagnosis with MS, my original symptoms started through what was considered a uh, I recently went to the doctor, but I had optic neuritis, optic neuropathy. I have what's called an atheroscopy for a pupillary defect. Oh, my gosh. So all of that was really one of the first signs of MS. MS. Started when I should have been diagnosed, misdiagnosed, went away. Uh Uh-huh. About seven years after – well, I'm sorry, seven years – after the first time I had a little bowel with nystagmus, I had another bowel with nystagmus. Yeah. That lasted for about three months. <sighs> Went back and forth to doctor after doctor after doctor, and no one could figure it out. It wasn't until three years later that I actually got diagnosed with MS. Wow. And looking back in hindsight, we know what it is. So. Yeah.
1: Well, yeah. And what and so they Sophie said is she had nystagmus, and they said for this to be anything, is would be so rare, it would be like finding a needle in a haystack. That's what multiple doctors kept telling us, but this ophthalmologist had this weird gut feeling, right. and so she kept calling the scheduling center and was like, "You got to get this little girl, and you got to let, you, you need to see her. She needs an MRI now. We don't want to wait two or three months because this could be something else. I just have a strange feeling about it." Right. And so she got into an MRI that Friday, that like six a.m. Um, after we'd had three appointments Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday. They had a cancellation by the grace of God because this tumor did not grow slowly once we Mm -hmm. figured out that it was there, and it was that Sunday, the same week that we got a phone call from her pediatrician saying, "Your daughter has a brain tumor, and chemotherapy is the only option."
0: And and the type of brain tumor though, was it it, when they first told you about it? Did they say this is an aggressive tumor? This is something. What did they say?
1: Luckily, it's not aggressive. Well, the first person who called us had to Google it because it's so rare that he'd never even heard of it. So he was telling us what he was finding online. Mm-hmm. But when we went on on Monday um, and literally found out Sunday, we were in oncology at Kaiser. She's now at Children's Hospital, but we started out at Kaiser. Mm-hmm. Um, they said, look, you know, if you're going to get a brain tumor, this is the one you want. It's a low grade. It's grade one. It's by definition benign, but because it's in the brain, it is considered malignant and cancerous because right. you can't take it. out it wraps around the optic nerves and it goes into parts of the brain that if you tried to remove it would be catastrophic yeah just wouldn't want to do it um so they said, listen, you know, there's there's an over 90% survival rate, but the challenge is these have an over 85% recurrence rate. Right. Chemotherapy never gets rid of them because they're slow growing. And it just shrinks it. It just shrinks it or stabilizes it. In a lot right. of situations, the tumors never even shrink. Right. Um, but in our situation, because we met Ricky and Abby and got involved in the film, Sophie took her first dose of cannabis oil at nine months oh, old. Wait
0: wait a minute. Hold on a minute. So you're at Kaiser... Hospital, yes. this is the place in the world that says, you know, you better not use any marijuana.
1: They are in the film right. supporting
0: us. Okay, so, okay, now, so. Which was crazy. Stay with us. We'll be right back.
1: the red life i know this is going to become your new favorite podcast and i'm going to show you how to grow a profitable online company step by step every single week
0: the first thing they started you with. What was the first thing they said to you? So there's that Monday after yep. you find out what's in the MRI. So what they happens- They say we have to do what? Aggressive chemotherapy?
1: No. It, well, it's carboplatin vincristine. They use it on aggressive cancers and it makes you very sick. Right. Um, so yeah, it was the first protocol was was one of the worst. It was probably the second worst. The last one she just got off was definitely the worst, hands down. But- they said, look, this is this is all we have. So we had the portacath installed. We had surgery to have it put in her upper right chest. We were literally about to get her very first chemo infusion. And I'm on the phone with Abby going, listen, if this was my kid, I would try medical cannabis, talk to them and see what they say. And I just was so overwhelmed with the feeling that I needed to have this conversation with the doctors that I went to them and I said, before you give her this infusion, this is what I would like to propose. Can we try medical cannabis on her? Ricky Lake is, is the one that brought us this medicine. I don't think name dropping Ricky hurt us at all. Mm-hmm. Here's some science that we've been looking up. Take a, take a quick peek at it. And we want your thoughts on pausing this because in some of these situations, if the children has what's called NF1 or neurofibromatosis one, which is a genetic mutation, which Sophie does not have, but we didn't know that she didn't have at the time, mm-hmm. sometimes these can regress on their own right. if there's NF1 present. And because they grow so slowly, they didn't anticipate her being in any kind of danger if we took a two and a half to three month break.
0: How did you even find out about Abby and uh, Ricky to begin with?
1: It was a random, as many things that have happened in my life, this chain of events that occurred on social media where I created Sophia Page. Um, I was in this mommy group with thousands of moms that I had been interacting with.
0: This wasn't the first day though, or this, you, you had already had a mommy page going before you even knew Sophie was diagnosed with a tumor.
1: I was in a mommy group. And then when she was diagnosed within probably a few days, I created Prayers for Sophie on Facebook. I put, I put a picture up. And a little description of what was going on. I didn't even put a post. And by eight o'clock the next morning, we had almost a thousand fans. Wow. So it was through these mothers trying to support us and share our information in case there was anybody out there that could help us that got one of them connected to Anna Paula. And Apollo was in the movie, The Business of Being Born.
0: Gotcha. Okay. And so
1: she told Vanessa, my friend, about this new movie that Ricky and Abby were doing. And Vanessa reluctantly Communicated the information to me because this is when no one Correct. was talking about cannabis being Correct. medically beneficial, except for here.
0: except for the federal government. Let's well, make sure. Let's, let's make <laughs> sure we yeah. understand those patents are most, there. Most people were <laughs> most people weren't talking about it on a social level or you know at the non-government level. But just so you do understand, the U.S. government has funded research on cannabis mm-hmm. and its ability to affect tumors for mm-hmm. now over forty years mm-hmm. your taxpayer dollars have literally funded every time a budget has been you know passed by Congress there is a congressional line in there that funded research at the University of Mississippi so yep. the information you're saying that nobody was talking about yeah nobody is out there. Uh, the regular people were talking about but the US government was talking about enough that they went ahead and issued a patent to themselves.
1: And to that point, I could not believe how many research articles I was able to uncover Correct. six and a half years ago when all this originally took place. I'm like, how does nobody know about this? And
0: still, you know, I mean, I'm going to stop you for just a half a second. Because I want to continue with the story. But, you know, this is something that it's about time that, you know, this new phrase that everybody's using, are you woke? Well, it's time to get woke. <laughs> it's
1: time to get woke. It's I'm time to get woke. This into is that.
0: really so stupid that yeah. you have been hoodwinked. Every single day, you t- every time you turn on the news, and there's some government comment about cannabis, the first thing they say, "Well, marijuana has never found any medicinal purpose whatsoever." It's that's unbelievable. I one drug, lie lie, 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 lie. Yep. But that's exactly what we, as a country, have now. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I just, just. Denigrated ourselves into is just a place that only believes
1: lies. Yeah. Last I heard, and this was like well over a year ago, there had already been done, there had already been like over 17,000 research studies done on cannabis. I
0: am, I was in in Israel now close to 10 years ago, and one of the only people at the time who had interviewed Raphael Mashulam in his laboratory mm-hmm. on camera. And had multiple discussions about the research that the U.S. government was funding in Israel. That they later gave him, less than a year later, gave him one of NIDA's most prestigious awards for his research in cannabis. Helping them to actually solidify the purpose for writing their own patent to themselves. And also talking about the efficaciousness of cannabis. Well, Montel,
1: you know as well as I do that this is one of the most efficacious medicines on the face of the planet and you know how many medicines we could get rid of if we use this as a therapeutic in our regimens when we're trying to treat diseases and and ailments if
0: we back up and remember that before the turn of the century in the 1900s you know several of the illnesses that we see that are 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 doing alive and well in this world today weren't Oh, I got a plane going over, but uh, I'm happy to be coming to you from Southern California, so don't, don't worry about what planes are close to the airport. Um, you know, uh, if we go back in time, there are a lot of illnesses that we see have manifest in the last 10 to 15 years, mm-hmm. seem to be increasing. Yes. When we go back to the 1800s, though we had a whole different series, a set of illnesses that we had to deal with back then, some of the cancers that we see today weren't around. Exactly. Then. And when you stop and you realize that, you know, most human beings, ate a porridge, even if they didn't know it, that Mm -hmm. porridge had hemp seed in it. Mm -hmm. Because we recognized that hemp seed was one of the most protein laden seeds on the planet. And so we were eating hemp, and we were consuming hemp Mm -hmm. as a Part of our daily nutritional diet.
1: I am completely with the same belief system as you are that those cannabinoids have been taken out of our diet. Correct. I mean, you look at you look at apothecary books, like you said, a hundred years back, and cannabis was being used as tinctures. For medicinal purposes, they used it to use it during being,
0: childbirth. It <laughs> was just being eaten. Yes. Let's just get it straight. Yes. People literally got up in the morning and made a bowl of porridge, and that porridge had hemp seeds yes. in it. And hemp seeds were put in there because we recognize since the time that this country was founded, mm-hmm. and people don't want to admit to it, and I hate to say it, our forefathers grew hemp. Yes. All of them, yep. folks. Every sail, every rope. Every uniform used in the Revolutionary Army was a uniform made from hemp. The Mm -hmm. word canvas comes from cannabis and comes from the fact that we were using hemp fibers to make the canvas that went over the wagons that actually discovered the West. Stop with the (laughs) stupid.
1: We are not too dumb to manage this plant. And everybody keeps saying, well, the toxicity and the high. I'm like, do you leave a bottle of vodka on your table for your child to get into, or do you parent that bottle of vodka? I, I don't understand. you know what I'm saying?
0: If there's been an issue with euphoria, well, since again, since the dawn of man, we can go back 3,000, 4,000 years and see the fact that Vikings were making beer. Oh, we yeah. can go back 4, th- go back 4,000 years and it was always wine. There's not an issue with the euphoria. If no. there's an issue with the euphoria, we wouldn't have had wine. Well, we Egyptians have beer. used it Correct. for cancer.
1: I mean, you this this plant dates back before the written word. 5, they found it. 5,000
0: years each in, in, pots, in China. Come in on. Yeah? It was crazy. We know this for a fact, yeah. but, but the stupidity was, and even now it's even as... Ignorant it as it was a thousand years ago, most universities aren't even teaching the endocannabinoid system, which, again, going back to that question of you said, you know, nobody was talking about, it, and I was yeah. saying that the federal government was talking about, it. they were talking about it enough then to understand that this was a viable plant based medication. Yeah. We understand that. So I'm going to keep going. Let me I'm, you know, <laughs> get, to get back to Sophie. <laughs> So you find out about the special or the documentary that Ricky Mm -hmm. and Abby are doing yeah, and said, well, you know, let me be a part of this Mm because I want people to see my journey.
1: Yeah. I, you know, I, I believed that I had this really strong feeling that this was happening to us for a reason. And I really wanted to figure it out. I've always been a silver linings person. I've always Mm -hmm. believed that everything happens the way it's supposed to because it does. And I wanted to find the purpose in all of this. Um, it was. I don't. We'll probably need a few more minutes, right? Sure. Yeah. Come yeah. On. She's gonna talk, Kaylee. Let me text you when we're. Oh, okay. Do you wanna? Sure. No. No. As no, no. As soon as they And in, just so
0: you know, uh, uh, we were just sitting here talking, and <laughs> you know, Sophie just came back, and you know, Sophie's back, and she's gonna she's, she's gonna talker. participate here in a second. Yeah, she's a talker. But she wants talker. to get right in front of that <laughs> microphone right now. <laughs> but okay, so you you decided I'm gonna go ahead and let people be a part of my In our lives yeah
1: mm-hmm. and I really wanted to believe that there was just this message that needed to be told and we were just the messengers and that Sophie was going to be fine and that this was her answer and I believe now more than ever that that's the truth I believe that Sophie is on this planet because she people need to see how incredible this little girl has done on this plant mm-hmm. fighting cancer mm-hmm. her spirit uh, what she looks like I mean yeah. you, you cannot deny what she looks like. You cannot deny how she feels. You can't deny how well she's done. You can't
0: deny the fact that though the hospital wasn't who was actually providing the service to you, Uh but they did not say no.
1: No, they didn't. They were supportive. And they're like, look, you know, these tumors, they they grow slowly. A lot of parents decide to take a couple of months and see what's going to happen. She's not in any immediate danger. You have clearly done your research. You understand what you're doing. You're working with people who understand dosing. We're more than happy to support your decision. So when you
0: first started that, has she already undergone a chemotherapy no, treatment? No, not okay. yet. So then- Mm-mm. You, so okay. So we gave her the cannabis. Gave you started the cannabis. And what was the immediate reaction? Because again, she had nystagmus. Were there any other issues or any other symptoms that you were seeing? No,
1: she had zero symptoms. She was the healthiest baby. She'd never even had so much had an ear infection or a cold at this Mm -hmm. point. I mean, she was nine point seven, she was nine point seven ounces when she was born. She was huge. So chunky, ate perfect, Mm -hmm. slept great. I mean, she was the picture of health. So when we started the cannabis, you know, you, you think about what chemo and radiation can do to children. And, you know, thankfully she was too young for radiation. So that wasn't, you know, even an option, but you see what chemo does. Well, cannabis, she would smile and she'd get hungry and she'd get a little sleepy right in the beginning, because when you're Dosing cannabis, if you know how to use it properly, you can take THC in very tiny amounts in the beginning, slowly titrate up because your body builds a tolerance to it. I can now take 50 milligrams at a time and I feel nothing. Sure. I feel literally nothing. And I've never gotten more than mildly psychoactive in working myself up to that. And now I don't ever get sick, ever. Right. My, my, My daughter just had strep throat. My husband just had an upper respiratory infection. I am super prone to both. Never got so much as a sniffle wow. because I have gotten my dosing up that high. And because of our research now, we understand why that's happening.
0: Absolutely. We understand how it affects the, you know. Uh, the immune system. The immune system. Yeah. In total. Absolutely. So, okay. So, you reached out to Ricky, Abby. They came over. They started yeah. filming. Sophie actually took her first dose on camera.
1: Yeah at 9 months old explain it to me talk about it let's talk about what happened so we were sitting there in the floor and we were you know uh, the team walked in that was going to help us with dosing and we got a little baby spoon the pink little baby spoon and put some uh, her little pouch you know those little squeeze pouches that, sure. that kids eat mm-hmm. and we put a little bit of the pouch on there they, we weren't using tinctures at the time it was all the fico the really thick extracted oil which is mm-hmm. really hard to dose to, right. to get it accurate so i don't i don't use the extract oil anymore i use our canicus tinctures but we put a tiny 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 little dot on that baby food and she just ate it right down and that was it
0: okay. and then then what was the i guess what what started to happen with the tumor itself
1: so in the time that we were doing a watch and wait this is
0: what six months, how many uh, months? it
1: was two and a half three two months max okay. right. um in that time unfortunately we only had her at like 40 milligrams we had her very low dose this team had never dosed children before there was not any real information or right. anecdotal evidence on how to dose a kid with cancer so we kept it really low in the beginning just to see what was happening. And oddly enough, her eyeball stopped shaking. Right. So we got really excited and thought that there was something going on. But we don't know a lot about the optic nerves. Right. And eyes can shake for no reason at all, or right. they can shake for a reason. They can
0: shake and stop shaking. Exactly. Right. It's right. just,
1: you, you never, one doesn't Can't. correlate with the other Absolutely. with the brain tumor. Right. So the doctors warned us about that. And unfortunately, when we did the scan, the tumor had hit a really, bad growth spurt. So we ended up having to do a brain tumor surgery to do a resection to ensure that it wasn't a high-grade tumor. And this was a very, very, very hard time in our lives because our doctor at the time literally told me over the phone that if it came back aggressive, she wouldn't live to see her second birthday. Wow. And we went into this surgery, an eight-hour surgery, with our tiny little baby, like three days before her first birthday. Uh, We'd just had her birthday party the day before, not knowing what was going to come out. Sure. And so when the doctor turned the corner with a smile on his face... Like we had a huge waiting room full of people, the entire waiting room erupted. There were people in the corner that didn't even know us, but that had read our shirts and saw that we had a stroller that were crying. They found us on Facebook and they were sending us Ooh. all these messages saying how happy they were that she was doing okay. Got so it. we then planned on starting the chemo and we titrated the cannabis up Got very it. slowly to to maintain, you know, to, to, to basically keep her from being psychoactive because right. we didn't we wanted her to get well not high sure. so on the next scan what we saw was incredible because the doctors didn't expect this tumor to really shrink. And they said she had a hundred percent chance of going blind in that first year. There was just, there was no way this chemotherapy was going to shrink that tumor. Was,
0: was, was behind both eyes? Yeah,
1: it was there? wrapping around both optic yeah. nerves and they expected her to lose full vision. Um, so, you know, cut to 13 months later when she finishes this protocol, we saw all kinds of immunological responses that the doctors could not explain. One of which being she, She had to go through like eight blood transfusions. And then three months before she got off the exact same protocol, she just stopped needing them, which is medically impossible. When your body's getting that taxed, and your chemo isn't going down in the dosing, then you're going to have to keep getting those blood transfusions. Well, her bone marrow repaired itself. And they said, we, and we would have never known that this was due to the cannabis. Had they not literally sat in front of us and said, we can't explain this unless you're doing something we don't know about. We want you to know that the tumor board wants to give the credit to the medical cannabis for repairing her immune system. We, we, we can't explain this medically. So, we get to that end of that 13 months and the tumor at this point had shrank by 85, almost 90%. And so they also gave that additional credit to the medical cannabis because they, they, they'd seen tumors shrink, but they in their practice hadn't seen them shrink that fast. And they definitely hadn't seen a little girl as healthy as she was on a protocol that was originally so toxic for her. Wow.
0: Wow. They said they saw improvements in her, immune system system. uh, response
1: yeah the white blood cells and the red blood cells with these protocols normally you have like a four-week cycle where you go once a week and then you have two weeks off but that fifth week you have to come in for labs to make sure your your counts are recovering because if they're not then they have to give you like nubigen or something to, to boost your cells well sophie got to the point where she was so healthy on this protocol she didn't even have to go in that fifth week for a check wow and that's happened on Pretty much every single protocol she's ever been on. Now,
0: she is continuously on cannabis?
1: Yes. every day? And she will be until I eradicate her brain tumor fully, which is what I'm working on right now.
0: Gotcha. And uh, she's been, uh, again, this was, this all started when she was under one. Yeah. And she is now seven?
1: Seven on October 3rd. And she took her last dose of chemotherapy on October 23rd.
0: And when you say last dose of chemotherapy, she's been through six rounds of Uh, chemotherapy. Oh, more than that. Six years. Six years. Six
1: years. She's probably been through eight or nine different protocols at this point, a lot of clinical trials in in between. The problem is, is there's no research being done for children. 3.8% of all government funding goes to pediatric cancer research. So there's been four new drugs in 40 years brought to market for kids with cancer. We didn't have cell phones 40 years ago, which is just asinine if you ask me. So the drugs that she was on, they're all 40 years old, but they have these clinical trials that they do on adults like melanoma, for example. There's a mutation in, in melanoma called BRAF that also exists in these optic pathway, gliomas. So we get the hand-me-down drugs from the adult trials, uh-huh. and then they use our kids as the guinea pigs.
0: So, I mean, at the same time that that's happening, I I, I know there's people listening in who want to refute every word that we say who would say that how do you know that it wasn't one of these experimental drugs that's done this rather than the cannabis?
1: Because I've done the research, and I know what it's doing.
0: Okay. And when you say you've done the research, so <laughs> you've seen that in those experimental drugs, they don't have the same efficaciousness as Sophie has had.
1: Absolutely. Well, like I said, these tumors normally don't behave the way that her tumor has. We had no chance of her maintaining vision, although she kept almost all of her vision until earlier this year. And that was because a post-surgical cyst formed in a pocket where they scooped the brain tumor out last year when we needed to debulk the tumor. And it was the pressure from that cyst that built up in her brain that pinched those optic nerves to the extent that it just finally suffocated them. It was only until then that she lost her vision. We maintained her vision for six years, even though she had a hundred percent chance of going blind wow. and immunologically, like you just cannot deny what we continue to see in her white blood cells and her red blood cells. And not only that, but you take my kid off of cannabis and within 48 hours, she'll have 10 seizures in two days. You put her wow. back on and they go away. Wow. So, and you've
0: done that once or twice. We've
1: done it once. And, and so, only no. once and we're never, never doing, doing it again it. because it. trying to get those back under control can sometimes be challenging once they kick up again. Sure. All of her doctors want her on cannabis. Whenever she would go to change protocols, her oncologist would sit there with me with the actual clinical trial paperwork and he would go through the different drugs that could be issues, that could cause potential interactions, drug during, drug drug interactions. And because he didn't know all of these scientific scientific terminology for cannabinoids he wanted me to go through that list each time with him and ensure that cannabis wasn't on there so that she could remain on that plant
0: god wow wow crazy so how do how would you characterize her i just saw her walk in she's a a bubbly (laughs) seven-year-old
1: she's a Uh, tank.
0: (laughs) <laughs> she's has she's got a lot of energy. Yeah. And that's something that seems a little odd for a person who's gone through what she's had to go yeah. through.
1: Yeah. This last protocol that they put her on is the most toxic protocol they have for these tumors. It's also the most successful. And unfortunately, during this protocol, she got what's called C. diff, which is a terrible, terrible gut infection that in the elderly, there's a 25% death rate. And normally you get these in the hospital. So it was really weird because Sophie wasn't hospitalized when she got it, but there was another kid at her school that was immunocompromised that Mm -hmm. also got it. So this leveled her. I mean, she started having seizures all the time and she couldn't walk for like three weeks. Then we ended up using the the research scientist that I'm I'm working with currently is Dr. Anahit Jewett. And Dr. Jewett has created a probiotic called AJ2 that she kept a pancreatic cancer patient alive for almost five years using this probiotic along with the woman's western medicine protocols or chemotherapies and we got her on this probiotic and it completely helped us clear c diff which can be really challenging to get rid of and it will often come back many many times but she cleared it and since clearing it she's put on like 16 pounds in six months on four chemotherapies montel that's crazy four at once
0: that's insane yeah so i'm sure this has been what helped you decide to go ahead and start Kind of kids.
1: Oh, it was the number one reason that. And I was also seeing a lot of other children on social media. I created the secret group first with some other mommy friends that also had kids with cancer. Mm-hmm. So it was first a secret group. And all these people started coming to the group. We started inviting more people that were like minded uh, nurses, growers, practitioners moms, dads, uh, caregivers, advocates, whoever. And we started to see these same types of responses in other children and adults for that matter. And I knew that there was so much more to this plant than something that helps mitigate pain and nausea. Sure. I mean, what we are doing with autism right now, for example, would blow your mind. It's incredible what we're seeing with epilepsy, Crohn's, PTSD, fibromyalgia, MS, sure. of course, Absolutely. pain. I mean, the long, long list of ailments that I've seen this plant work for are more extensive than any other medicine I've ever been able to pinpoint that could additionally help.
0: At the same time, the Fed will not let you discuss this. It's,
1: it's, yeah, it's insane to me. What do you think that is? What do you think that is? Well, I mean, do you yeah, know how much on, money? Yeah, <laughs> do you know how much money come is on. being made in pharmaceuticals and mm-hmm. chemotherapies? I mean, there's no telling how many millions of dollars that has gone into treating Sophie. Luckily, we have insurance that covers the vast majority of that, but millions and millions and millions of dollars have been made off of my child. Right. I mean, if you think about a child who has chemotherapy, they're not just going through chemotherapy. They're also for the really severe cases, they're on opioids by the hand Yes. We had a 16-year-old that's also in the documentary that we treated that was on Oxycontin and Norco at 16 mm. years old around the clock. Then you have all the saline, you have the antibiotics, you have the hospital stays, sure. you have the MRI scans, you have all of these medical expenses that people are profiting off of on the back end. I mean, the the cancer industry alone is a multi-billion dollar industry and globally, it's trillions of dollars. So you imagine cancer gets cured. We end up coming up with a protocol for this that's going to work. The American Cancer Association has to completely disband. They get right. millions of dollars in funding just themselves. And you think about all of the drugs that will end up going to the wayside and no longer be needed. And not only that, but medical equipment alone. Right. And who do you think is funding a lot of these politicians' campaigns? Sure. Oh, of course. Yes, of course. So do I think that there's a conspiracy yeah absolutely. absolutely. There's a conspiracy I mean Come on. we're not like I said, we're not that stupid like you I mean especially in this day and age when this is on television almost every day, but you
0: still have people who literally will take the other side of it.
1: I just don't get it still I, it, it drives it's me a nuts. lack of education it's it's it's, you know, people just sometimes get so hard stuck in their ways or they have financial reasons why they're hard stuck in their ways that they just refuse to accept what is right in front of them.
0: And you know, what, what, what takes me back to, and for me, this has always been an advocacy about taking the patients off the battlefield. Yes. And we just, and even as an industry right now, I'm a little ticked off. I'm glad that we to well, you gotta talk a little bit of your what you're doing, Ken, because you, you actually are producing products right now. Talk about some of your products.
1: So currently we are in California, but we're working on licensing deals all over the world and across the state. Um, we have high potency THC and CBD products. We have one to ones as well. And we also have the acids, THCA and CBDA, yes. which is like juicing the raw plant. The THCA right. is just very, very mildly psychoactive yeah. Yeah. and very, it's very amazing. Yes. It's an amazing, amazing medicine. Um, so we have a, a suite of those products and we also have a hemp line that's coming out in February. We're having to go through a rebrand on Canikids, unfortunately, because of the state of the legalization in California and the, the hurdles that we've been butting up against. Legalization in California has basically destroyed our industry at this right. point, and they're, you, they're
0: going to make you take the word kids out,
1: correct? Well, no, the government is okay with it. The BCC and the health department, they're okay with us using Canon Kids, but the dispensaries are so terrified of the BCC now because they're shutting so many people down for just the littlest things that we're getting a lot of pushback. And we also are at a point now where CannaKids is really known as this incredible advocacy and education platform. So it's going to remain that. So we're now rebranding CannaKids as CK Soul, The CK, product line. The product line. And, and the- that will hit in February, as will the nationwide hemp line. And the mm-hmm. hemp product that we're making isn't going to be like a lot of the other hemp oils on the market where it's just THC and CBD. We have a profile. Like my, my bar is this, this. this hemp oil has to have a minimum of five cannabinoids and a very, very full rich terpene profile. So we're creating a nutraceutical, but we want it to be as beneficial as a cannabis medicine. Sure.
0: Absolutely. You know, that's really, very really interesting that you said because that, that's literally for those who know, I've had a brand out for now three years where I have been literally beating formulators over the head, Good. talking yeah. about the fact that you can't think that you're going to actually get the true Power of this plant without without using the whole plant. Yeah,
1: you got to use the whole plant.
0: And especially when it comes to terpenes and so forth, there's a lot of people jumping on that, but they're jumping on that bandwagon thinking that terpenes are necessary just for taste and and flavor. Absolutely not. No. You know, we've known this for 40, 50 years now. There's been research done on vegetable terpenes. Yeah. One of the issues that I think we're going to come to very quickly in this industry is recognizing the fact that a terpene isn't a terpene, isn't a terpene. Though we may think that lenolol that you can get from a vegetable is the exact same as what you can get from the hemp plant, it, I think in a year or two, science is going to prove it's not true.
1: Well, I in think, Israel, they've proved that it is. Really? Yeah. Deddy Miri at the Technion Institute has done this research, and he is saying— is linalol. The molecule structure is the molecule structure.
0: That's what I. That's what I would love to be able to believe, but I'm. Are you seeing th- differences therapeutically? I, I am seeing differences in people who use hemp-based terpenes over vegetable-based terpenes. Really? And adding them. Yes. Yeah, so and you're not. Are cost. you
1: comparing the exact terpenes in one to the exact terpenes in well, another? That's because the that's the rub. Yeah, that's the problem. Yeah, because yeah. if you're not comparing apples to apples, then you yeah. absolutely could see right, that right. because the hemp terpenes could have more therapeutic value than the terpenes that are coming. From, I
0: think, what the, or the, the combination they, of them. I have a, just like yesterday, you know, uh, there were two new uh, cannabinoids discovered.
1: Oh, I yeah, didn't hear this. What absolutely
0: um, THCV.
1: Oh, we, yeah, no, we know about that there's
0: one. A, there's V1. There's a, oh, there's V1? I've got to look it up. I oh, my
1: gosh. Know. you got to give me this information. Yeah, there's two new, two,
0: two new cannabinoids. Wow.
1: Started. Well, THCV and, is really coming anyway, up right now, too. Crap. So is CBG, CBG and CBN. And, and you know,
0: I've, been about, I've, been, I've been talking about CBG now for five oh, yeah. years. I've been talking about people CBN forever. And CBN. Yeah, CBG. for sleep. You yeah. know that CBG is what, you know, there are some people who are calling now the God cannabinoid. Or yeah. The, they say it is a stem cell cannabinoid. It's what turns into CBD and CBN. Yeah, exactly. It's the stem.
1: Of all of it. Yes. Well, in CBG, um, we've seen incredible therapeutic value um, for anti-cancer. Absolutely. Yeah. It's very exciting. Yes. We, we've, been using, we've been on the terpene bandwagon since the day we opened uh, our doors.
0: THCP and CBDP.
1: Oh. oh, a P. What's a the P, P stand for? And, you know, we read it out so I get this it. This is fascinating. Where we love science. It. <laughs> it's, um, first is
0: tetrahedral Four all. Oh, oh, floral. Thorol. Oh, all. P-H-O-R-O-L.
1: Oh, you taught me something new today. This is I awesome.
0: Mean, <laughs> I learned something new three days ago when I actually opened up this article and read about it. But yes, you know, you know, what's really very interesting is that here in the United States, we still publish the number that there have been close to 60, 65 cannabinoids identified. Yeah, Outside of the United States, Canada has claims that they've identified over 160. Yeah, it's crazy what's happening. And in in Israel, the world today. they think somewhere around 160, 170. So yeah. it, we have gotta pay attention. I think mm-hmm. every single day and understand, just like you know, you know, other plant-based medicines that we realize are the most efficacious on the planet. Right. You know, this is going to end up becoming one of the most, you know, nutrient-rich individual plants in pharmacopoeia i think
1: well and i also think it's going to be used as a major preventative to to disease and the reason i believe that is because of where we are in our research in what stage we're in. So well, why don't you talk a little bit about the yeah, research and what I'd you're love doing? To. Cause
0: you guys are talking about what you're doing. Yeah,
1: I'd love to. So the research began because Sophie needed another, as I mentioned earlier, brain tumor surgery last year mm-hmm. on April 23rd. And you'll hear me say 23 a lot. And it's the number that follows our story <laughs> very intently. Mm-hmm. So last year, we had to do um, a debulking, what's called a debulking on her tumor. And it was this opportunity that I had where I knew I would have access to live tissue. Mm -hmm. And I knew it was probably and hopefully, because I don't want her to go through any more brain tumor surgeries, my one and only shot to get clinical trials done on my child individually. So I started looking everywhere for people who do what's called, or or laboratories that do what's called PDX or patient-derived xenograph, where they're taking cells from a patient, implanting them into animals, and then from there doing targeted therapy on the animals to see what protocols can work for those individual cells from that patient. So through another chain of events that started with Sophie's water bottle falling out of her backpack, I connected with my girlfriend, nurse, Kara Lansford, um, who owns a company called Holly Blue. She's, uh, does a lot in the nursing community. And, she told me about Dr. Jewett and how Dr. Jewett had been doing all this research in NK cells and cancer. And she had mouse studies going on at her lab and maybe she could help me. And she was just right down the street. So I texted Dr. Jewett within five minutes, she texted me back and by 2:30 p.m. that afternoon, number 23. I was sitting in her office, and she was agreeing to help me with Sophie for free, and not only help me with Sophie by putting her tumor into mice, but by putting them into what's called humanized mice, and these are mice that go through a special protocol that UCLA developed with Dr. Jewett was part of that team, and they they become humanized. They they have immune systems that match that of human beings almost identically, and the blood-brain barrier is the same. Mm -hmm. So then Dr. Jewett started looking at Sophie's blood. And that's when things really got crazy because what Dr. Jewett has discovered in her 30 years of research, she's been published over 150 times to the top medical journals in the world on these findings. And she actually discovered the field of natural killer cells. And what she has found is that it is natural killer cells and the failure of that system. That is the first step in us getting cancer because it's our number one defense mechanism against it. Mm -hmm. So she's created a protocol called supercharged natural killer cells that are in, human trials in Beijing, China, and in patient zero, she eradicated non-Hodgkin's lymphoma in 14 days with no side effects. A year and a half later, the guy is still cancer-free. My point being, Sophie's NK cells should not have been functioning well at all. They should have been very broken. She also is a child who should have had an immature immune system, and she's been on chemotherapy for six years, so her immune system should have been very taxed. However, Sophie's immune system was functioning five times better than that of a healthy adult. Wow! And in looking at hundreds of patients over this 30 years, she's never even seen a healthy patient that even came close to my child. So she's like, what is going on here? She's like, I know you said that you were using cannabis on her. What else are you doing? And I'm like, that's literally it. She gets chemotherapy, Keppra, cannabis, and an antibiotic called Bactrim, and that's it. And none of those stimulate the immune system right. except for cannabis. So she was like, Trace, I need more patients. So we now have 17 patients in total. We're seeing the exact same thing in all of them. We're studying them in varying stages of disease. Some are cannabis naive and have never used cannabis before. They start taking cannabinoids. Their NK cells turn back on. So we have now moved to humanized mouse models. And we have found that the the cannabinoids, we've been using a synthetic called WIN-55. And that synthetic is turning on the receptors. And so we've been doing other procedures on the animal that has led us to other discoveries that has helped us to understand that cannabinoids are also killing cancer stem cells. Chemotherapy and radiation can't even do that. And cancer stem cells are the seeds of cancer from which cancer grows. So if we can boost the immune system of people by using medical cannabis, which is why I believe I'm not getting sick and I'm about to go get a blood draw to prove that um, with Dr. Jewett. Then not only can we keep our immune system strong, but anytime cancer stem cells start to act up, our supercharged natural killer cells, which cannabinoids boost, will be active and ready to fight. And anyone who has gone through cancer, who has cancer stem cells left over or who has cancer stem cells in their body at all, which we all Mm -hmm. do, cannabinoids can attack those and also keep them at bay. So we're working on combo therapies of using supercharged natural killer cells, the AJ2 probiotic that I mentioned earlier and cannabinoids. And we believe we're going to have a very, very strong therapeutic. We've also discovered why Sophie has this brain tumor. She has no natural killer cells in her brain, which oddly enough, I get dropped into the woman who literally discovered the field, that's Mm -hmm. who I'm working with. And so now we have been injecting humanized mice that have glioblastomas with what we believe is going to be Sophie's cure.
0: Wow. And this is being done at a university or in private laboratory? UCLA she I, right now.
1: Yeah. We're right. not studying cannabis in the lab because we do not have a schedule 1 license. Correct. We're only looking at synthetics that are legal, but we are starting the schedule 1 license process. I've brought in a DEA consultant. I've already hired her and paid her to help us go through this process so that we can then start bringing cannabinoids in not from the University of Mississippi Correct. because the cannabis there is trash. trash. There's no <laughs> there's literally like very little therapeutic value at all. Dr. Sue Sisley, who's a dear Absolutely. friend of mine, just did a trial that did not go well because she had to use that crap. Um, so, we're going to be using other cannabinoids that are grown from yeast and also looking at importing real, true, full, whole plant cannabis medicine from Canada.
0: Oh, wow. That's absolutely incredible. Let's we're take a little break and then you know, we're going to bring in, let, let Sophie yeah. do a little chat. <laughs> Let's,
1: Let's do take it. a little teeny
0: break. Okay. okay. No, I just took a little break in the production to make it so that Sophie could join us. Thank you for joining us, Sophie.
2: You're welcome.
0: I, you are such a beautiful young lady. You know, Thank I've been sitting you. here talking to your mom, and we've been talking about you. But I think it's better that we talk with
1: you. Yeah,
2: because uh, <laughs> sometimes I call people.
1: That's okay. You like to call you, them on the phone? I
2: on my ring, I talk to.
1: Peaches, I say, hey, exclamation point! P, period, period, period. She talks to text. Oh, Peaches, locally, Peaches produces the cannabis, cannabis science conference. Okay. That's that's his nickname. Gotcha. <laughs> Josh, but you know Josh Grosney. Josh.
0: Uh, <laughs> so, Sophie. Now, this is, we've been talking about your journey, this journey that you've had for your whole life having cancer. How about other little kids out there? How do you stay so positive, and so happy? How do you stay so happy and positive?
2: I'm happy because I have to donate some of my purses because you can't walk through my room now because there's so many purses on my <laughs> round.
1: But who so are you donating the, them to?
2: donate them um, to concessions. Kids don't have any money or purses.
1: Yeah. yeah. She's a very philanthropic.
0: Absolutely. But and she's also so happy. I mean, yeah. I think other kids would be sad that they have to go through what you've gone through well,
2: is, it, is it is
0: it is it the support of this wonderful lady right here your mom that's helping yeah. you well
2: i'm helping these sick patients but sometimes she calls me Elsa, and i call her
1: Anna. She's, she I she she like she loves i mean one of the things that we've I'm always done was so since she could really understand elsa. okay yes sorry elsa what we've done I'm with elsa, elsa is Helpful. we have continued to tell her about all of the other children that she's been able to help through her journey and mm-hmm. really help her understand what her story really is. Because as a child, your world is as big as sure. you know, the block. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's that's your world. What you're going through exactly. exactly. Right. And she doesn't really have a, a sense of how many millions of people that have heard her story and that she's inspired and has has oh. helped benefit. So she's more aware of that now you as she gets older and older and she that. loves knowing that she helps the kids. What baby? No,
2: I want talking Okay.
0: You can talk you to the microphone
2: as a matter of Hello. fact. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> but how about
0: how about you wanna you want to say way. something? What if right. what if right now, tuning in, there's another little girl who is going through a tough time. What would you say to them?
2: I would say be feeble and a
0: brave girl and your mommy and daddy's there. Be a brave girl because your mommy and daddy are there for you?
1: Yeah, be brave and, and strong. And your nanny's
0: there for you. And your nanny's,
1: and there. Your nanny's there. Everybody's <laughs> there for well, just, you. They
0: can't see her, but why did you say who your nanny is? Who's your nanny?
2: I'm Kaylee. <laughs> and her last name is and Tongues. Oh. What's your, your male name, Kaylee? Crispy. Christine. Christine. <laughs>
1: So it's all about just you know accepting the love.
2: Sometimes I say Christina,
1: sometimes I say Christine and Christina. <laughs> there you go. Well, what accepting we, love you said? Yeah. Well, and what we continue to tell her is that this is temporary. This right. is one day. Just I mean, and right now she's she's healthy. She's off chemotherapy. We believe she's done. In my heart of hearts, yeah, I, I think she's done. I'm done. And it's all I about. Just realizing that one day this is just going to be a story we tell.
0: Absolutely. And now, again, I'm I'm so glad that you let us have Sophie here with you so that people who are tuning in can take a look. Elsa. (laughs) Elsa. Elsa here with you so that people who are looking can see this is a child who's consuming cannabis every day. Yeah. She's not going through a euphoric period right now. Because you've titrated her to the way that it doesn't induce the euphoria, but it gives her the neural
1: protection. Exactly. Exactly. She doesn't have any psychoactivity at all. And she takes more cannabis than I do. Now, right now, she is on lower doses of THC and much higher doses of CBD Mm -hmm. alongside THCA and CBDA. But, and the only reason that we did that is because this last protocol was giving her a lot of liver toxicity. But even then... When she was on high doses of THC, you talking about the
0: last protocol, the last chemotherapy, chemotherapy
1: was, causing, was severe causing severe liver, liver toxicity. toxicity. And there was no way we could take her off the CBD because she would just be seizing all the time. Um, so we decided just to titrate down the THC to a much smaller dose. Mm-hmm. She she still takes enough THC, right. more than like a normal person would if they just go out.
0: And you, these are that should back up when I asked you earlier about the products. But these are products that you you are producing yourself.
1: It's all Cannakit's products, and it's also all the products that all 17 patients are using in the trial that we're doing. So all of these medical responses that we're seeing in people's immune systems, it's on patients that we are currently currently caring for.
0: And I I'm trying I want the people the viewer who is tuning in right now to just look at this beautiful little seven year old girl who is as <laughs> just a seven year old little girl.
1: She's just a normal little girl. You can't
0: tell I me really that this little girl is, is right now utilizing cannabis. She's just
1: Here, Well, and the only, and and what else is really cool about this kid is that she does public speaking with me all over the country. Mm -hmm. So at at five years old, she was on the stage in front of thousands of people and would network better than I could in my 45 years of being on this planet. I mean, you give the kid a stack of business cards and she'll hand them out to... Every anybody and everybody who will talk to her, you would normally expect someone who's been through six years of chemotherapy to be afraid of people, be afraid sure. of the white coats, to be recoiled, to be too to tired, be sad, to, be, yeah, to be too tired, absolutely. and just to be over it. And I've never in my entire life encountered a child as happy as as she is. And I've even taken her to therapy just to make sure we're doing everything right. And the therapist was like, look, Tracy, we could take your money all day long and I could you know, tell you do this or do that. But she's so happy and she's so well balanced. There's not really a whole lot that I can tell you to do you know, that you're we, not already doing.
0: We have been chatting, but please give out the <laughs> website that somebody is another mother out there right now. There's a father out there right yeah. now who's looking at us and going, chase oh, I wish I had this kind of hope for my child. Yeah. How can they reach you?
1: So we have two websites. We have canakids.org C-A-N-N-A-K-I-D-S. And that is where you can learn all about our products. You can... See all of our press. You can see our press releases. You can watch my speaking. And there engagements. you talk about it,
0: some of the other success stories that you've had. right? We
1: absolutely we can't do it anymore because of the federal government. You right. can't make claims of right. any kind, even. And we're being really cautious. Talking. Anecdotally talking, right. but as we publish our research, which we've already filed many patents, which and we're then publishing, have
0: the right to talk about. We can
1: talk about it. Right. Exactly. So we expect to have probably around five papers out by the end of March. We're hopeful to to have them done by then. Mm-hmm um but we have cankids.org that's like i said all about the product line and then SavingSophie.org is our nonprofit and that's a resource center for patients and for advocates and for caregivers and we have eight different sections on that site with hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of articles Pure that we've summarized that
0: people can look at also. exactly
1: okay. we've summarized them so they're easy to to just get the snippet of and then click on the full article if you need to learn more we've got cannabis studies mm-hmm. cancer definitions mm-hmm. um we've got um Health and wellness, non-carcinogenic products for the home, and then we additionally have now our own Saving Sophie podcast on iTunes, where we're talking and to people that are also um, using this plant medicinally to try and help save their lives. Well,
0: you know, we're we're almost out of time, but let's talk a little bit about what's what's next. I mean, you know, I, I know the research you're going to be publishing that in the March yeah. timeframe. You know, but as I look at and even out here in California, it's almost like you are swimming against a tide that is speeding up every day so quickly every day because of all of the craziness yeah. in this marketplace you yes. know the fact that we have now overtaxed overregulated and done really ignorant Ugh, regulations taxes. out here Ugh. i mean some of the regulations out here are just, just as, as ridiculous they as don't possible make any sense. yeah you know one municipality to the next has to have its own particular
1: packaging And you know yeah. stop
0: with the stupid yeah I sometimes feel like this is being done deliberately.
1: Well, you you do know that the taxes in some areas are going up to like almost 50%. Yeah. And and patients couldn't afford the medicine before that. And then you're going to make them pay another 50%. And that's
0: the reason why this robust black market has come back. Thriving. With 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 product that is really questionable yeah there's some with dangerous stuff out da- there a lot of dangerous stuff out there so i mean what do you think is next what do we got to do what so, do we have to do together I mean, you know you you and other leaders in this industry like myself i mean i think you know, I, I, I i don't say that like myself being a leader I oh no you are myself, montel <laughs> well,
1: you definitely are <laughs>
0: well, well but but you know, unfortunately, not enough of us are coming together right. to come together. Right. So I have a plan. Okay. What's that
2: plan?
1: <laughs> so I've been working with Congressman Eric Swalwell, who is formally oh, running oh, for president. Yes. and. It's your your boyfriend.
0: boyfriend. I thought you asked me if I could be your boyfriend. She loves Congressman
1: Swalwell. (laughs) And I've gone to DC, and uh, the Congressman has gotten together 31 bipartisan signatures and it has it on the AG's desk. And we're trying to deschedule at least for research. Mm. And the intention is as we get these publications Mm. done, I have inroads to um, Joe Biden, uh, hopeful. President of the future, former sure. VP.
0: Who is? Uh, we need to. You got. You got H- the, yeah.
1: Hence the reason I'm trying to go let's, after him because he needs to be educated on we, what's going when on. We're
2: ready
0: really. to go see him. Let me go with I'll take in you with him. me. Yes, I, absolutely. No
1: I actually am. A, Joey Jay I've, I've got conversation. I've got multiple inroads to him right now, and all I'm waiting on is for that published science to be accepted to the journals and then I'm putting together a packet and I'm going to take it to uh, VP Biden I'm going to go back to Congressman Swalwell I'm going to go back to DC I have ways to get in front of the House to testify I want to meet with Speaker Pelosi I want them to see what we're seeing in cancer and they have Got to deschedule this for research. They, I mean, listen. Recreational. I know that we're probably a long way for it going fully legal, but the fact that we can't do research on this plant is a—it's it's an abomination. It, it's an abomination. This is a human rights issue. People do no harm. That's what they teach you in medical schools: do <sighs> no harm. We are doing harm when we don't have to.
0: They call it Hippocratic Oath. Well, you <sighs> know, I am almost out of time, my dear. But I want to—I'm going to I'm <laughs> gonna share. You know, since you're here, you give me your views on this because this is something that I think we really, as leaders in the industry yeah. have to applaud people like this. And that's, you know, Governor J.B. Pritzker, uh-huh. who granted more than 11,000 pardons for mm. low-level marijuana commissions on Tuesday, one day, yeah, one day, and one day, that man sat there at a desk, and literally, even if he used a facsimile stamp, yeah. he stamped 11,000 individual pieces of paper.
1: There, Everybody and, needs to be out of jail for this plan. It's crazy. Look, yeah, you know,
0: what's really crazy about it is that the 11,017 people who were pardoned are just a small part of the law that Pritzker signed in June, making Illinois the 11th state in the nation to not only legalize marijuana for adult use, but the law is also intended to help people— who've been held back from getting jobs and from housing, financial aid, and from colleges just because of drug conditions, according to the state officials. We're going to be ending, they're saying, a 50-year-long war on cannabis. The Democratic governor who made the announcement at a church in Chicago's South Side said in a statement, we're restoring the rights of many tens of thousands of Illinoisans Mm -hmm. and we're bringing regulation and safety to a previously unsafe and illegal market. Now, what people don't understand is that This is going to possibly affect close to 700 thousand residents with mm. marijuana related offenses um on their criminal records according to the state officials and, and people of
1: color are yes, being targeted absolutely ridiculous it's targeted it since
0: the beginning i gotta say a big bravo zulu god has got to go out to governor absolutely uh, my friend if you ever want to come on this podcast all you have to do is reach out and we're going to reach out to you and see if we can get you but i think you know uh, those who are followers of let's be blunt I'd love for you to go up online, find the governor's email address, yeah. and just send him
1: to, oh, thank just you. one word. Bye. Thank you. Thank you. Thank can you, you tell the governor, thank you, Sophie? say? Can you say, uh, can you say, say thank, thank, you thank you to you, the governor?
0: governor? David, thank you. There you go. <laughs> Absolutely, because it's going to be this mindset. That helps us Change. even push forward yeah. what you're working on. Absolutely,
1: so absolutely, absolutely. It takes a village, and we're building one. You ain't kidding. Well, I'm out of time, <laughs> so you know
0: what you got to do. You got to make sure you tune into the next. Let's be blunt with Montel. I can't say thank you enough for you being here. Thank you. And and anytime you need me to do anything, Tracy, you just reach out. I you absolutely
1: know. will. I know kay? how to find you. You know how to find me. <laughs> okay. oh, thank you, Montel. Hi,
0: beautiful. Thank you for being here today. Whoops. You're
1: welcome.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Thank
0: you. Are you dealing with best life burnout, constantly striving for more, and quite frankly, over it? Maybe you just want more joy, peace, and laughter in your life now.